This week's episode of Podular Modcast is brought to you by Patchwork Seattle. Please visit them online at patchworks.com. Also want to say thank you to Needham Woodworks for their continued support of PodMod. For the finest Eurorack cases in all the land, please visit needhamwoodworks.com. Hello and welcome back to Podular Modcast. My name is Tim Held, and this week we have Sarah Bell Reed on the show. Now, this is Sarah's third appearance on the show, and I love that. You know I love repeat guests, and this episode right here is exactly why I love having repeat guests. This is the kind of conversation that I dreamed about before I started Pod PodMod, just being able to, you know, really dive into the deep end of creative philosophy and creative approach and just kind of the, the psychology of being a, um, an artist and all that, and uh, who better to dive into that deep end with than Sarah Bell Reed. Um, Sarah and I have both been working with the, the Strega launch with Make Noise, so um, we've been in a lot of you know communication with each other, and um, yeah, it just made sense to, to have her back on at this point. Also, she has a new EP um, that's going to be out this Friday, but the pre-order is available, and there is a... Uh, a physical component to this pre-order that is really, really interesting. So, um, and they're limited. So, if you're listening to this right now and you're a Sarah Bell Reed fan, uh, head to the website and hopefully there's still some there. But if not, you can pre-order it anyways, um, and I think you'll get access to one of the tracks. Um, this episode is pretty long, so I'm going to keep this intro brief. But I want to say really quickly, uh, thank you to everybody who supports me on Patreon. Um, it means the world to me. It allows me to keep doing what I'm doing. And I would love more of you to jump on board. Uh, as I keep saying, my, my goal for 2021 is uh, I would love to get 200 patrons. Now, here's the deal, though. As the new people come on, other people drop out. And I don't expect anybody to stay on forever. But, but so far, my, my net gain for 2021 has, has been zero. A lot of new people have signed on, but other people are jumping off. So maybe I don't need to put a number on things. I don't know. Um, either way, I don't even know why I bring that up. I just want to say thank you to everybody who supports me. Um, the more support I get, the more cool stuff I can do. And I'm going to be dropping some... Um, some cool bonus material up there on the Patreon pretty soon, including the video portion of this chat. Um, it's not going to be there quite yet. I'm going to let the, the episode have some time to breathe. But if you want to see like just the Zoom recordings and, and see our faces as we talk, that's going to be something I'm going to start uh, throwing up on the Patreon. So uh, yeah, and uh, before we get into this chat, I just want to really quickly remind you that After Later Audio exists, and they are an amazing modular company. This Benjolin V2, the fact that it works with the Turing machine expanders, is like, it becomes a super module. I'm not joking. It is literally a super module. Um, either way, this has already gone longer than I wanted it to. Let's let's actually, before we chat with Sarah, because we're going to be talking about her new um, EP called Mass, let's listen to the first track, not the full track, let's just listen to a portion of the first track so you can get an idea of um, what we're about to talk about. This track is called Passage.
you're you're joining like a, a an elite group right now of few people who have been on Podular Modcast. This is your third time. And I, I love having repeat guests and I like having three peat guests because by this time we've <laughs> talked quite a bit and I don't have to like do the get to know you thing. We can have a cool conversation. I mean, I like getting to know people too, but after doing that for three yeah. years, it's, it's cool to, to have friends on. So thanks again. Um, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm great. I don't know if I've ever been a three peat guest on anything. So that's really cool. Thank you for having me back. Well, it just makes chat more. It really makes sense right now, given that we are both kind of involved with the launch of Strega and with what you're kind of coming on today to really talk about uh, your new EP. So, um, yeah, yeah it, it was the right time. Um, but how is, I, I don't, I think people are tired about the pan, hearing about like pandemic stuff, but I feel like when I'm talking to, you know, people that I know, I kind of have to like do a, the mental health check. Like, how are you guys doing with all, like, are, like, I know we're getting towards the end of it, hopefully, but like, how has it been? Has it been, has it helped your creativity? Has it burdened it? Um, um, well, I mean, yeah, thanks for checking in. That's <laughs> actually really nice. I don't think that's ever a problem. It's a good thing to do. Um, you know, it's, it's been, I think, uh, like most people, maybe, for me, it's been a very, uh, what's the right word? Like a roller coaster, mm-hmm. a whirlwind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a collision of thoughts, feelings, <laughs> and things. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and so I, you know, at the beginning, back in, gosh, a year ago, hard to believe. Yeah. Um, I definitely went I, through a period of kind of creative, um, like a bit of a creative drought. I suppose mm-hmm. where I was just, and I was just feeling exhausted. Like so many people were and kind of confused and uncertain. Um, things definitely shifted a lot for me. I was, I had a lot of touring scheduled, a lot of in-person sh- shows uh, right when everything closed down. I was in the middle of, of a, of a run of shows that was going to happen, going to continue for another month and a half. Mm-hmm. So a lot changed in that way. And <clears throat> like so many musicians who are primarily, you know, stage performing artists and or recording musicians. It was like having the floor fall out underneath you. And it was just like a very confusing couple mm. of weeks, months. Um, but, you know, for me personally, I have always, once I kind of got over the initial just shock of what, what was kind of what life was like, I guess, in that moment. And I had enough time to do nothing. I did a lot of nothing mm-hmm. yeah. at first, which I'm fully okay to admit. Like I didn't touch instruments for a long time. I needed that space because it was just like a total upheaval. Um, you know, once I had that time, I took that time, I was able to reconnect with the fact that like I, I had this opportunity for, to make music for no reason <laughs> for the first time in a very long time because my schedule had been cleared, which was obviously not something I, I wanted to happen. But as a result, I had time to just play for absolutely no reason. And, and in the long run, that was really therapeutic and rewarding and just fulfilling for me to sit down at my synth or my, or with my trumpet or, or anything and just play 
um, to just play without needing to, yeah, without needing to record, without needing to really practice for any particular purpose. It was just music for the sake that, of music. Did that approach have like an effect on the directions you were going creatively? Did you feel like maybe because you had been performing, I, I doubt this is the case with you just from what I know about you, but, um, did you feel like maybe with the performances you were kind of on a certain track and like had made kind of a brand or a name or a sound that goes along with, you know, Sarah Bell Reed? And did you feel like any sort of freedom from that or anything? I don't know if that question made sense. It made sense in my head, but. I think I get what you're saying. I mean, I maybe yes and maybe no, like a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I was, you know, I was playing very like a certain kind of music because of the work I had. Now that's a little bit separate. Like my life is very much like I, I do my own music and that's always just whatever happens. Mm-hmm. Usually that's whatever happens in the moment. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it's largely, you know, if it's going to be narrowed in scope some way, it's, it's based on what instruments I bring to the gig. Mm-hmm. If I bring just my laptop or if I bring my trumpet and my modular and my laptop or something. Um, but the work for other people that involves other artists, if I'm playing with other people, then, you know, that definitely gives me a direction, um, that of course feeds into my own personal work Mm -hmm. without a doubt. I think it's just kind of unavoidable in some way. So I guess to answer your, to try to answer your question, um, the one thing that I was, I felt really free from was having to move, having to like move stuff that sounds really silly but uh (laughs) having my music making zone exist entirely of my studio meant that if I had kind of a curiosity or a whim like just an idea off the cuff um I could reach for it and and try it which is something that I'm often I often don't give myself the ability to do that because I'm like no that's not practical you're not gonna be able to bring that instrument on a plane Mm -hmm. or that's too fragile to transport or whatever. And so I won't even let myself explore the idea, but without anywhere to go, I went for it. And it meant like I was going to my kitchen and like getting the blender and using that. (laughs) And I was like, you know, going and being like, Oh, I wonder, you know, I, I was really just embracing kind of my home as my instrument Mm -hmm. or like, the entirety of my living space as my I kind of did this, the same thing. <laughs> and I, I started um, kind of going back to like the type of music I was writing like 15 years ago, which is that like that thing that I sent you the other day with the, the weird trumpet part. That's just like really cheesy. It's like a cheesy song, but I like really love it. I love it. Um, I've just been, I, I had this period where everything was so dark that I started making kind of like this really light sounding music. It was like my reaction to this, but yeah, I was getting chopsticks out and playing, you know, I, so I, that, that drum beat in that song is just all chopsticks and, and drumsticks on my table and metal bowls. And Amazing. yeah. So like, I, I get what you're saying. It's like, there was that freedom of like, Oh yeah, I have all of this stuff now. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something I hadn't really thought about because I guess I'm in a lucky position to where pandemic or not, that's my situation because, you know, I'm, I'm primarily making podcasts and talking to people and, you know, shows come up here or there, but I'm not a traveling musician or anything. Um, so it's something that's really interesting to hear you say like, well, I can't set it up like that cause it's not practical. Um, right. and for that to kind of offer you this new freedom, that sounds kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the side effect of that was just this really nice reminder that, 
you know, sound is all around us all the time. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, even without whatever, even without the gear or the instrument or the specific tool, there's so much potential to discover really amazing stuff. And Mm -hmm. I I knew that. And I always talk about that. But this was a nice reminder. Yeah, this was a really nice reminder. Because at first I was like, oh, I can't go anywhere. I can't collaborate with all these people in the way I want to. I felt so stifled and limited. And then, and then I had the change, this slight change of perspective where it was like, okay, yes, but I have so much more access to like my immediate or so much more awareness of what's going on in my immediate surroundings that I can use Mm -hmm. in a creative way. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. And I've had something similar to, so when I first started getting into making, you know, electronic music, I guess, it wasn't really electronic. It was so much like I was using field recordings and stuff and starting to listen to the world as a soundtrack. And then of course, getting into field recording and that, you know, that that's always been interesting to me. But over this summer, something really cool happened is, uh, you know, my wife and I go out into the woods as much as possible. We spent, we did more camping this last summer than ever. And, you know, I'd bring my, my little zoom field recorder and, you know, every time there was an owl or something, we'd like put on the headphones and chase it down and, I like, was that a cat? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I just saw like a black shadow and then a surprised look on your face. She, she jumped onto my, she jumped onto my desk. Oh my goodness. Just for out of nowhere. I didn't even know she was in the room. I tried to maintain composure, but you caught me. Um, so yeah, we'd be out camping and, and I, and you know, I'd say, you should try this. She's not a musician, but she appreciates music. She loves music. And, um, so I, I had her put on the headphones with, with the field recorder and, um, there's like, it's so fun to watch people's face when they like get to hear like through nice headphones, through a nice recorder and they get to walk around and change like, yeah, these sounds are all around you, but now you have a little bit of, you're like mixing them. And now she's totally in it. She got me a shotgun mic for uh for christmas and now we go out and i like i film her recording stuff and we make you know like she's just totally into it and it kind of reinvigorated my joy you know when i when i do field recordings because for a while i was like okay everybody's recording streams like what am i going to do with another stream recording and it's not as much about what you do with them but the actual experience of making them yeah i have totally probably like hundreds of hours of stuff that i'll never use but i had a great time recording absolutely Oh yeah. I, I love that thought. It's kind of similar in a way to journaling or like, yeah, totally You know, writing something that no one's ever going to read necessarily, or that serves no purpose other than like helping to frame this moment for mm-hmm. yourself, you yeah, know? Absolutely. And I, it helps you listen a little in a different way. Um, and it's just a different way of being kind of present with mm-hmm. sound and, and with you the know, world. It's nice. I think something else that it's done for me and I, and it's, it's kind of sparked this kind of new idea that I've had, especially during the pandemic where it's, it's really groundhog day. Like, you know, you're in your same town and you're kind of doing the same thing, um, is doing, I'm going to try to sew these together cause I've never made this connection before, but so doing that, it makes, once you do that a few times, it makes like every new environment you go into or every environment you go to like, how, okay, if I was going to record this, if I was going to track this location, you know, what would be the sounds that I would be interested in keying in on and what, what would be my route? I'm, in, I'm really interested in like walking loops, like long loops that are the same. 
So you kind of can almost get this repetition of sounds, but it's kind of different because it's, you know, it's not orchestrated. Um, So that kind of, like, even if you don't have a recorder on you, it's a kind of a fun mental exercise when you go to the grocery store or something like that. Um, And that kind of goes along with this idea that I've been trying to do is like, I've I really wish I could go on vacation and see a new city and experience a new city because there's nothing like that feeling of being in a cool city. What I started doing is started looking around my city at areas that I've just always taken for granted and pretended that I was in Seattle for the first time. And it's you get just a little bit of that feeling and it's and just a little bit of that goes a long way. I love the idea of walking in loops it's really fun. That's so cool because you're like taking a, you get to kind of listen, like here's what this place in this time sounds like. And then here's yeah. what this place like five minutes from now sounds like. Yeah. My, and the, that's so cool. I got to tell you about what the first time I did this, cause it's, so my, we have a, this, uh, this, these friends that live together in this cool house, like 30 minutes away, and there's a baby grand piano in it. There's a basement. There's a hot tub, a beautiful yard. And we go over and we have like, you know, they're part of our pod. So we go over and we have like sleepovers and stay up all night making music. I bring my modular over and we, we just go in the hot tub, have a bonfire and just do, you know, just hang out. Um, and my friend was playing piano one day and my wife and the other friend were in the hot tub outside and I was like, well, what am I going to do? I picked up my recorder mm-hmm. and I created this loop where I'd walk through the living room with him playing the piano. And because it's a grand, a baby grand, it travels everywhere. So like I would go outside and then all of a sudden all you'd hear was the hot tub and my wife and friend in the hot tub. And then as I walk away from the hot tub, it would start bleeding down and then you'd start <laughs> hearing the piano come back in. And I just walked these like four loops and so we all like listen to it all the time and we're like, this is so cool, but no one else would enjoy this because it's so for us. So right. we have this recording that's really meaningful to us and we want to share with people, but we're like, that would be a bit of a imposition. <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. Sonic diary or yeah. something or like a, it's like collecting photos, but little snapshots. Totally. Yeah. Of sound. Yeah. I want to do more of that. Sorry, I just I realized that I brought you on to talk about your stuff and here I am like It's great. This, thing no, this I is did. more interesting. It's wonderful. <laughs> I love it. It's um, it's a really good idea. It's really inspiring. Yeah, I'm actually going to um my birthday was a few weeks ago and my friend got uh this one of these friends, it's us four, are going to a house on this island in the Puget Sound the next day after tomorrow. And I'm planning on bringing my synth and setting up my, my speakers and setting up a patch and kind of trying to recreate that thing that I did with, you know, laps and, and create a loop. And, and, and then I want to try to maybe run that through Strega or through effects and, and make like a musical component to it. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. Cool. Sounds great. <laughs> so and what have you been up to? happy birthday. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Um, so... I want to talk about the Strago stuff that you've done because they, they sent me a Strago and then I played with it for a few days and I felt like I was like, this is an amazing instrument. I felt like I got to know it. And then mm-hmm. after watching your video that you did, um, I was like, oh, maybe I don't know this thing as much as I thought I did. Or I think I had an idea about what it was. And me and Walker Farrell even messaged back and forth. I think I, think I may have told you that. And he's like, yeah, until this, I thought I knew like what the character of Strega and you just, you met, you so perfectly made it SBR. Like, 
<laughs> it was so cool. So like, I just want to hear your experience with that because it, it with, with the kind of music you create and stuff, it came, seems like it's almost like a perfect instrument for your approach. It's been, um, really fun to get to know mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny cause you're asking about my kind of experience with it. I, and I think I mentioned this actually in that video that I, at first I kind of struggled with it a little bit mm-hmm. for some reason. Um, I just couldn't figure it out at first. And by at first, I mean, cause I, this was all in a very condensed timeline cause mm-hmm. I received it. There were a lot of delays with the mail and stuff. So it took like an extra couple weeks to get to me. And then the video had to happen like days later. So uh, it was all I did all day for a, f- a couple days, for a few days. Um, and so for the first few hours, that's kind of my like, at first, uh-huh. <laughs> I was just like, what in the world is happening? Like, this is just all I could make it do was some funny kind of fizzly burps, mm-hmm. which are normally sounds I love. But, you know, I also love like, some flexibility with an instrument. And Mm -hmm. I was concerned that that was all I could get kind of like a crackle fizzy burp sound. Um, and then I started to slowly like figure out how it worked piece by piece and it just kept expanding. And I'm still, I feel like I'm still doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, since finishing that video, I'm still discovering all kinds of ways to patch. Cause the one thing that I didn't do a ton of was just the self patching within Strega Mm -hmm. itself. Yeah. And that has re- revealed a whole lot of new worlds yeah. for me, just even in the last couple of days. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm really enjoying it. It's just a really good blend of totally weird and unpredictable and also controllable. And I'm a sucker for a nice sounding, like, char- characteristic sounding delay. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's fun. And it doesn't sound like any delay that I typically would use or have otherwise. So it adds a lot of color mm-hmm. and a lot of character to, you know, it, it like brings itself to the table. It's just like, it has its own voice. Does that make sense? It's totally. not just like, yeah. it's not just like, here's an oscillator with a filter and a delay. It could not be further from that. And mm-hmm. I think that's why, I, and I think that's why I struggled with it at first. Cause that's what I thought it was going to be. And then when I like let go of that and was like, no, this is actually like any instrument, really, it has its own voice and you need to, um, it's, it's a combination of like figuring out how it's going to fit into your workflow and learning from it. Yeah, I agree. What what it's all about, you know, what it wants you to hear and what its voice sounds like yeah yeah it's it was really funny like after i had it for a few days and like the videos were starting to to come out i i look at the comments you know just because i was doing like i was watching like the live streams and stuff and i saw a lot of like a couple people i wouldn't say a lot but a handful being like oh it's just the oscillator delay and filter and and i was like yeah wait wait till you try it because try to use (laughs) it like it just try to use it like a standard delay and see see where you get like um yeah so one of the, you know, the, the main reason we brought, you know, we're doing this today is because you've got this new EP and this new EP is, I, I just listened to it like right before we chatted. So I'm like fresh off the listen. And okay. there were a couple of times I said, holy shit. And no one's here. <laughs> I was like, oh, um, but this is, is it all, it's all, it's mostly Strega, right? 
It's all, well, it's all Strega. Um, I mean, okay. It's, it, <laughs> it's all Strega either used as a sound generator or a sound processor. Okay. The only synth is a Strega. That's mm-hmm. important, I guess, to clarify. The other instruments are my voice, trumpet, flugelhorn, and a bunch of ha- household objects. Okay. Speaking of our earlier conversation, uh-huh. like teacups and cookie trays and a little cactus that I have that sounds great and uh, keys, tinfoil, like a comb, like things like that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, the normal, the normal things. Yeah, right, music right. With. <laughs> um, but they're all being processed by Strega. So Strega is involved in every, every sound. Um, and there was no other synthesis voice happening. Okay. And the, did yeah. you, did you kind of like run that? F- did you kind of like, um, use the Strega as like sample fodder and then chop up certain sections of it in max or something? Cause there were a few I've, things where I was like, this sounds like really either, either you did what I just said, or I need to know how you did some of that stuff on Strega. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I totally did. I mean, it was a lot, there was a couple things going on. So one was that this, so actually a lot of the source material for this album came from the demos that I did in the the make noise video. Okay. In fact, a a lot of the materials, if you listen very carefully, you, I don't suspect anyone to actually want to do this, but you could locate them in the video. They're all the actual (laughs) demos that Uh I show and I'm like, Uh here's how to do this. Um, what I did was I let, I just let things roll a little bit longer off camera that, uh, for like a few minutes extra on each sort of setup. And I captured some extra audio because I had the goal of creating a track with that video. That's how this all started. I had no intentions of making an album Mm -hmm. at all. I just wanted to make a track to see what it would sound like to use Strega in every in every sound and yeah, every layer. Because we were talking on the um, phone the other day about this and you were like, yeah, I, I didn't even decide I was going to do this until like like a week ago or something like that. I didn't. It's true. <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. I love it. But I it's one that. of those things that like um, comes, it, it was something, you know, f- for whatever reason, combination of things, the instrument of course is very, ins- was very inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just got really inspired. I got really into it and kind of a little bit like obsessively perhaps. (laughs) And then I was like, I could put this, I can stop this and like go about the rest of my life or I can just ride this out and see what happens. And I chose that option, thankfully. Yeah. And a lot of music came out in a very short period of time. um, And that's where this album came from. But it honestly was all created within the span of just a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Okay. because I didn't even have a Strega in, in like a month ago. <clears throat> right, right. Right. I mean, it's all so new. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. So, I've had a similar thing like with video and just like producing tracks. Like I feel like just, just this year for this first half of this year, I've never felt more creatively charged and I feel like I've done some of the best stuff I've ever done within the last three months. And I've done a lot of it. Like it's awesome. I feel that like, and I, and I know that feeling you were like, should I just get on with my life or should I just ride this out? And that uh, kind of happened to me too. Cause I have a lot of like, you know, editing podcast stuff to do and like demo videos and stuff. And I'm like, I'd rather see where this kind of creative bug takes me. 
I think that's the way to go if mm-hmm. you can. I think that that voice for me anyways, a lot of the time is like, is, uh, l- fear or procrastination manifest or masquerading as logic. It's yes, like, totally. Oh, you really should be doing this thing. But really where that's coming from is like, gosh, I'm spending so much time chasing this like random little creative idea. What if it sucks? It kind of might be really weird. Probably won't go anywhere. Like, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> it's that internal dialogue. And I think that it's, we're really good at doing that. Even if we don't realize this might be so. a reach, this might be a really wooey, but like that feeling <laughs> of, of pursuing that, you know, like that, that creative feeling, following the muse, whatever it is that fall, it's really mm-hmm. following joy for me. It's like, it's, it's pure joy and it's very childlike. And I wonder if that, that voice is that voice of, you know, the voice that kind of dis- deconstructed your, your childlike wonder and awe in, in the world and kind of put that like kind of logical constraint of like, no, you must be responsible, you know? Yeah. Maybe that was a yeah. little bit of a stretch. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I, think, I think there's a lot to that, it, you know. I, I think there's a lot to it because it's something that I, you know, even as a person who makes music, like, as, you know, all the time as a thing that I do, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of to make a living, it, I still grapple with that where I'm like, uh, maybe this isn't serious enough, you know, whatever the heck that means. Or maybe right. this isn't yeah. the best use of my time. It's so silly, but if you... If you're feeling that like tug that and you'll know that you are that just like, gosh, I want to keep doing this or I've got to explore this further. I think it's the best thing. Like give yourself that that opportunity, you know, it's and I think it's a good thing to do for people like like you and I who have been musicians for like most of our lives, you know, and it's, it's, you know, now that we're like, you know, full, full adults, like, it's like, (laughs) it, it, uh, it becomes kind of like, I have to remind myself like that feeling is the feeling that you're constantly chasing and why you're still a musician because those first few times that you're jamming with a full band or the first time you're actually creating something that you think sounds good is one of the best feelings in the entire world. Yeah. And that's what we're following. And I think that feeling is that chasing that muse is that it's that just that's chasing the dragon or whatever they can. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so one thing I want to say about this EP is I've been kicking around this idea. Do you know the band Sun? It's like Sun O with like the ellipses. Uh like I, a, I'm not going to say yes. Okay. They're like, cause I, it's like a very hazy maybe. Okay. Well, I think you would actually really love them. And when I say they're a doom metal band, don't let that push you away. There's like no drums, no vocals. It's basically just like a wall of sound, like ambient, super distorted guitars with cool. It's really, really interesting. And so I've been wanting for about a year and a half, I've been kicking around this idea of like getting super, like drop C sharp tuning guitars and, and adding that with, with synth and try to make kind of like my interpretation of what like a doom ambient synth album would be. And you just did it. Like <laughs> you just did it. And I'm like, Oh, well now I don't, now I don't have to do that. Like, I feel like all I, all you need, like all I would need to do is just add droning, like guitars under just like, just like a wall of guitar <laughs> under what you did. And then it would be the album that I was trying to make. <laughs> You should still do it, though. That sounds great. I want to try it, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think it's some of my favorite stuff that I've heard from you. Um, 
so yeah, is there like what else? What else about this? I mean, we we kind of like veered off when we like. Oh yeah, on a sorry. Tangent. No, that was I, I think totally. that was my fault. Um, but yeah, is there what else do you want to share about the the process of this? And um, you know, you're using. So were you playing like trumpet directly into the external input, or would you track trumpet and then run it in, or? Yeah, no. So uh, directly directly into the industry, I guess. So it was all okay. like, you know. This was an unusual process for me, kind of, but I really liked it a lot. Uh, so it might be something that I explore a little further. But, um, you know, with my last album, uh, what I did was I set up everything very carefully. And then I played it all live and I recorded it all in one take. Oh, wow. This okay. is like the most opposite possible process where I set things up very kind of like, honestly haphazardly at times or I'm just like it's a cool sound or uh -huh. like I pushed record and I was like I wonder what the, this like one of the entire one there's one track that started because of like a funny accident on Strega that I just wasn't expecting to happen and it was like this funny kind of kick kick drum sound that uh -huh. happened and it just developed into an entire track so it was very like I was recording sounds as samples not as like a piece. And then um, I worked a lot with Ryan Gaston, who kind of co-produced the, the EP and helped did a lot of the editing. And mm -hmm. so it was very much inspired by um, like early 1950s kind of tape music aesthetics mm -hmm. and approach to composition where you're collecting a lot of sounds and then you're chopping them all up and moving them around and layering them and all of that kind of stuff. But there was no overdubbing. So we didn't go back over and say, oh, let's add this here. Let's add that there and like re-record. It was all just this collection of source materials that happened rather quickly and rather haphazardly. <laughs> and then, and that was Rick. You know, I actually think that that was a valuable process, a way of doing it because I wasn't allowing myself to filter. You know how when mm. you're like writing I don't know if I do this all the time when I'm writing, I'm editing as I'm writing and it really slows me down. And yeah. I'm like writing one sentence every five minutes. Whereas if I just let it go and fixed it later, it would probably be actually better in the long run. Mm -hmm. um, so that comp this composition process was like that. I was like, no filtering allowed, just make sound, record it and then figure out if it's usable later. And it turned out that I had this really cool collection of, sounds that I probably wouldn't have made if I had been doing the filtering as I go process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, for example, one of my favorite sounds was a cookie tray. I was like running a cookie. I was micing a cookie tray and running it into Strega and doing some crazy, I don't know if I was like ring modulating it or just making it sound kind of like a robot. And it was, I was doing it entirely for fun. Uh. <laughs> I was laughing the entire time and it turned into, it sounded amazing. Once uh. I removed it from that context and listened back over it, I was like, this sounds great. Yeah. This is cool. And I think if I had been operating from like, okay, time to compose music. I never would have done that. I yeah. wouldn't have reached for the cookie tray. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm, yeah, I don't know. It was a fun. It was a fun process. I'm curious. So, you're, there's three tracks, and they're all. Yep. There's one. The last one's 15 minutes. I think the other two are around eight or nine minutes. Yeah. Um, 
So are, were these like three separate takes that were that length that you then processed or was there kind of like a longer set or multiple sets that you could refine down to three and like, did you, you know, you, so you do stuff through Strega in one take and then you take that take and go into Max and construct the track there? Is that kind of? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the track called Mass, which is the final track on the album, was the track that came out of the Strega video. Okay. Uh, we clean, We fixed it up. And so anyone who has that original track, like anyone in my Patreon community has the track from the video. That's mm-hmm. like a kind of strange like B-side now because the track on the album is actually different. It's just been added to a little bit. But that's where that one started from. And then when, when I got the idea to do the EP, I was like, okay, I guess I'm just going to do the same process over again but with new sounds okay. to try to create a new track. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I had this cookie tray, cookie tray thing where I was like, this is the basis of one of them. I know for sure I want this one track to be really like aggressive and rhythmic and to feature the cookie tray sound. And that's Collide. That's the second track, mm-hmm. um, which is just this like total assault like yeah. aggressive assault, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> which I'm, I really am happy with how it turned out, but that's all cookie tray. If you're wondering what that really? crazy rhythmic okay. sound is. I yeah. can't wait to go back and listen to that. Yeah. Cause this and is other an aggressive, things, but... it's aggressive out. Like, like yeah. this would make like people who really love like heavy, like heavy doom metal be like, Oh, that's, that's the shit. And it's just so <laughs> funny to think that it was made with like a cookie tray and a trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really intense. And I'm not like, I'm not, you know, I don't know. I was just following the sound. I'm not a particularly aggressive person. I'm, you know. I, I know, think that's I what am. I love so much about <laughs> your music is because, um, you know, like after like getting to talk to you and, and like, you know, just like getting to know you uh, like outside of the music, just like talking with you. It's like it's not what if you were to if I had never heard your music, but we had only chatted, they'd be like, what kind of music do you think Sarah makes? And I'd be like, oh, it's probably like nice peaceful ambient music or something you know and it's just like i love that it's like nope like you make you make like i try to make music as heavy as yours and i I just still can't do it and i love that um and it's i also really relate to it because my first few albums that i ever made pre-modular um i'm not not a nine inch nails fan i like i i respect nine inch nails like deeply but i've never been super into industrial music at all but when people listen to my stuff, they'd be like, oh, you must really love Nine Inch Nails. Or, man, there's, this is really dark. And I'm like, oh, I was just making stuff that I thought sounded cool. I don't listen to Nine I'd Inch say. Nails. And I wasn't trying to, like, make you feel dark or scary. It's just, that's just what happened. No. I know. It's funny. Uh, someone heard it early and they were like, oh, this is a really scary. This is scary. And I was like, really? Mm-hmm. Like, I find it quite lovely in moments. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, it just goes to show you how subjective it all is. And that's why we do it. I am really just doing it. This is just, you know, it's fun. So I'm just following sounds that I like and, you know, and for the first track, I, so I did them backwards. Like the last one came first, then the second one, then the first one. Okay. Just cause that somehow made sense to me. Um, and I had this idea of like a really weird melty kind of chorale that you were hearing from the back of like a dusty old, kind of building or okay. like a cathedral or something. And I wanted it to be like kind of wrong and uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. it brings up this feeling in me when you're listening to it, that something is wrong. And it actually is a very physical sensation in my, 
in my body when I listen to the first track. Um, it's it, I, yeah. So I, I I sang all of those kind of meandery chorale parts into mm-hmm. Strega, um, but I did them all in isolation. So I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't like multi-tracking and listening to myself. Uh-huh. And I was hoping that it would create this like really amorphous kind of slightly off. Mm-hmm thing and I was just imagining the harmonies I was kind of like remembering what I did on the last take and just sort of singing with a non-existent version of myself um I love so that it was very odd yeah I love that. it was That's an so interesting cool. <laughs> interesting process <laughs> I think the first one might be my well I don't I don't like to say favorites but like right when it started I was like holy shit um and I think it was halfway through that that track that I was thinking like oh she she just did the thing that I was like like now I like, and I don't feel like I need to do it now because I'm like, this, this is, this is what, this is perfect. Like this is, this is what that should be. Um, and it's, you know, it's funny you say like, you've, you mentioned a few minutes ago, like people said it was scary, but you you know, like you thought, you know, moments of it are beautiful. This band son that I mentioned, like I sometimes fall asleep. Like I want to mm. like, and it's, and it's just like ridiculously heavy, distorted, super low guitars. Like, it's just like metal without drums and like at, you know, 20 BPM. And most people would not think of that, like, think of that as relaxing. But I think once you accept, I just, it makes me wonder how much have we been trained to identify certain frequencies and timbres as scary, like through music or through movies and, and popular culture and like what would actually you know, make you feel fear sound wise if you were stripped away of all its cultural, you know, connotations or baggage. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because you're reminding me now that when I, whenever I teach about like the history of synthesis, uh, for example, and I talk about tape music, a lot of the time people will say, this is scary. sounds mm -hmm. scary. Early tape music, you know, like Daphne Oram and Mm -hmm. all of these and and like Elsa Marie Pade and people who are making really amazing tape music early on. And they're, and it's like, is it scary? It's so interesting to me because it's like footsteps and church bells and like a, a, like a train going by. It's not an inherently scary thing. There's just something about like the collage, the sound collage, like memory collage world Mm -hmm. that maybe. Wonder if it's because it's so unnatural, maybe Mm -hmm. like, cause there were just no, like, there were no sounds like that then, like that you could find in the natural world. So they were initially maybe scary because they were just so unfamiliar. And then maybe they were used um, in film that way because of that so. feeling. And then, I yeah, so. that's kind of, that's a really, you know, it's funny. It even like, it sounds like a, uh, like a, a whole an episode long ad for Strega, but I mean, <laughs> it's not, it's just, we really like this instrument, no. but I was thinking, um, you know, I've got a friend who's like a concert pianist. Well, he doesn't, he's as good as a concert pianist. He doesn't play concerts, but, um, he's one of the friends that we're going to go to the, on this trip with this weekend. And I was thinking it'd be cool to sit him down with the Strega and just let him explore it. Or even somebody who's not a musician, just be like, just start touching things and moving things around. And I think after a few minutes, they would start following the sounds that they were able to make. And it would decouple it from like this crazy, like industrial baggage, you know, like it just makes me wonder if like something like that could be a way to steep people slowly into the idea of, of more like non-conventional sounds or something. Yeah. Well, I mean the, the, it is a very tact, 
tactile, tactile, tactile? Yeah. I think, I think both work. I don't tactile? know. <laughs> tactile. <laughs> tactile. Um, <laughs> and that is lovely. I mean, that's a really nice, it's so nice to feel like you're really interacting with your instrument in that way. I love, I personally love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that might be because I come from an acoustic instrument background first, but I find it really satisfying to do. And it's nice also because it's, it is a little bit unpredictable. Like you, you know, you touch those gold touch plates and like, you know, you think you might know what's hap- going to happen, but nine times out of 10, it's a little bit different than yeah. what you imagine. Yeah, and yeah. So that's fun because it's like you're participating in something that's bigger than yourself. You know, you're, you're collaborating with the instrument. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, you're having a conversation with it. It's not just like I am controlling this machine. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I think once you like, you get in it on a, like <clears throat> an experiential basis rather than a, like a, a listening, like you're, um, it totally changes that the the impression that it leaves on you, like emotionally, I guess maybe. I don't. I've been thinking about this a lot this morning because before I started listening to your EP, <clears throat> I've been really into this band called Deerhoof. Have you ever heard of Deerhoof? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I was just like imagining like my high school friends who still listen to the same bands that we listened to you know like 20 years ago. Like if they listened to Deerhoof, they'd be like, what? are you, what is this? This isn't, I know they would tell me that this isn't music. Mm -hmm. And then it just makes me wonder like, what is different about certain people like us who want to continue just to keep going down and find more stuff that kind of confuses us that we can kind of try to understand. And like, I don't understand people who still listen to the same albums, like for 10 years in a row. Like I still like stuff and I'll revisit it, but they just never stop, you know? And I just, I wonder what that is. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I can't, obviously, I, I don't know. I mean, for me, I, I'm just, I'm just like really excited about the idea of discovering something new or, you know, it's not always about newness either because a lot of people have, have this thing where they're like, oh, it's, that's been done. Everything's been done. Right. There's no, there's no way to do anything new. And mm-hmm. And in some ways, I guess, I guess, depending on how you look at it, that's true. But, you know, I can play trumpet, which is an instrument people have been playing for a long time. And I can still do new things with it because it's, it's about how I'm listening to it and how I'm bringing myself, which is this like totally unique to me mm-hmm. thing to that instrument on that particular day at that particular location. Like all of these things that are feeding into that which are totally unique to, to me, um, will allow me to discover something new, you know, if Mm -hmm. you are like open to that possibility. Yeah, totally. Um, and that's kind of like my whole motivation behind making music is that that's why I like to improvise so much because it is composition in real time. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it is like the discovery and especially in front of an audience because then everyone's discovering it with you. For the very yeah. first time together. Yeah. And it's like a shared discovery process. Like, mm-hmm. how cool is that? So anyway, I think for me, that's really what drives it is just like a curiosity. And then, and it's a little bit like childish in a, I don't mean that in a bad way, kind of like, um, like childish in spirit, I guess. Yeah. Where, yeah. You know, you're free like, of wow. baggage of like what you, the shoulds, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, and I have a lot of, I mean, I can definitely talk about the baggage. You know, I won't because it's boring, but coming, <laughs> coming, coming through many, many, many years of classical like orchestral training, I definitely know what that feels like as well. So mm-hmm. approaching yeah. music this way has been so much more liberating and just enjoyable for me. Yeah, yeah. I um, wonder, I'm, yeah. like this made me wonder, like, do you think, or do you ever, do you ever worry that that, ex- ex- like that, that drive of exploration will like fizzle out, like as, as you, you know, just age in life? Like, is that like a, like that's sometimes I worry about that, but then it kind of seems like a worth, like kind of a pointless thing to worry about. But I'm just curious, has that ever like crossed your mind? Like, do you ever f- like fear like of becoming like stagnant, like creatively or anything like that? You know, that's not something that I've really worried about. No. Well, I just um, planted the seed, so. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I guess I've like, no, I don't think so. Because I, I think the thing with me in my relationship with a lot of the instruments I play is that I'm so abundantly aware of how much more there is to learn about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, even though like, you know, I teach trumpet. I can, I teach synthesis, but like, it doesn't mean I'm an expert on those topics by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. And for me, it's like a constant daily reminder, like, okay, even though I've been playing trumpet for decades now at this point, I, I'm constantly like, whoa, that's never happened before. Uh Or, oh, that thing that I want to do that, that thing I hear in my head, like, I can't quite do that. Like, that's a little bit out of reach, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I think for me, like the day that I, you know, master (laughs) these instruments is the day that I'll probably lose that drive and that curiosity. But thankfully I don't think that's ever going to happen. That's a really good way to look at it. I I may have shared this on the podcast before, but before modular, when I was really getting into pedals, like this was like the beginning of like my gear obsession. Um, I, I would go into this guitar shop to this like guy who I really liked. He was like my guru. He was, he fixed my guitars. Um, and I, you know, I, I was like expressing this, uh, this kind of like, um, disappointment and like how much I was going through pedals and trading them. Like I'm, I'm not finding the sound I'm looking for this. I'm, I don't know what I'm looking for, but I haven't found it yet. And he was like, you don't want to find it. He's like, what mm-hmm. happens when you find it? Then you're done. And I'm like, <laughs> and it, and it really like cracked my head open. You know, I was like, you know, late mid twenties. And I was like, Whoa, that was like such a guru thing to hear for me. And it really like has, has kind of traveled with me. Um, that's actually a really lovely thought. Yeah. I love, yeah. It's it's really nice. And so, yeah, Um, I agree. Like that. And then the mastery thing is like, I'm, even if I could master something, like even if my, like, like biological and intellectual potential as a being was there, like to master something, I have squandered that. Like I am, it's too late in the game. (laughs) I would have had to start a long time ago. Well, (laughs) You know, and there's mastery. I mean, like, so the way that I'm referring, I mean, so there's mastery in a kind of like literal or yeah, literal sense where it's like you are an expert in this topic and, you know, and then there's what I'm really referring to as sort of a state. It's more of a state of mind. Mm -hmm. It's like, and, and actually, um, there's, uh, do you know the Zen mind beginners mind Mm -hmm. that book? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's that quote in the very beginning, which is like in the, oh, geez. I'm, I apologize. It's probably not going to, I'm not going to say this perfectly unless you happen to have I that book like have, right next I to you. I might have it right next to me. Hold on. 
Oh my gosh. Is okay. I do have it right there next it to is. me. So in the very first page, I think, there's a quote about the beginner's mind, like in the expert's mind. Okay, here, let's see. Okay, this is, no, this is an introduction about the book. Beginner, in the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities, but in the expert's mind, there are few. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. what I'm talking yeah. about. It's like, even if you are a master of it, like you've been doing it for 40 years or longer, whatever, and you teach it and you tour the world with it or whatever. It's about approaching everything you're doing with that beginner's mind. And like, there's this other thing that David Tudor said once in an interview that I love so much, which is about um, approaching an instrument, not with the intention of like telling it what to do, like not being the master, but approaching it and trying to see what it wants you to hear. Totally. I love that. So it's just yes. this, it's just about that. And that's really the thing that I try to kind of, you know, and I'm not, I, I don't know. I hope this doesn't sound too like, I don't know. It I does, hope this doesn't sound strange or whatever. No, what I'm trying to say. I but, totally agree. I, um, I, yeah, I, when I first, I think what drew me in, cause I was in, you know, a pop punk band and I was like for years, years and years of my life, all my musical output was mostly me just like playing indie folk songs by myself on acoustic guitar and singing in a kitchen. Like that's what I, that was what I did. And then I discovered like, you know, producing in a DAW and then hardware synths. And I finally found this thing that I thought that I was trying to express, but I wasn't doing it accurately through conventional forms of music. And, and I think what, what did it for me, like what really excited me is how much I followed. I didn't, I didn't harness the gear. I followed it. Like, so, okay, if I turn it this way, okay, that sounds cool. What can I do from awesome. here? You know, like I, yeah. my first few albums were, were kind of like gear inspired. I, I would use one particular piece of gear as my basis for the whole album. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. That's what I was doing a lot with this, this album too. I was really interested in the limit, you know, I say limitation and yet I'm like, I played, you know, eight instruments on it or something, <laughs> if you include the cactus and the <laughs> cookie tray, which of course you have to yeah, do, of very course. important, but, yeah. but still the limit, relative limitations, you know, with a, you know, a studio full of gear saying, I'm not, I'm not going to touch those other instruments. I'm just going to use this one was a big limitation. And, uh, but, but it opened up so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was like the act of restricting and limiting opened up a whole pile of new directions yeah so there's a physical aspect to this ep yeah and what is that there is um so the the okay the ep itself is a digital release Mm -hmm. which uh yeah but then i really liked the idea of there being some kind of physical artifact that accompanied it um so what I've created is I'm referring to it as a tempographical map. Oh, I like that. Which I think is a word that is not real, but that's okay. It is now. It's basically, yeah, it's basically uh, a collection. It's, so it's a physical printed um, thing um, that is a collection of conceptual drawings and linear and nonlinear maps through each piece that are intended as a kind of listening guide. 
Okay. Basically. Okay. So the music is really, really, really dense, as you probably know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so these maps are kind of like a way, they're, they're like, they're, there are a bunch of different cards and you can pull them out and kind of use them as visual references to help focus your listening and to just sort of also kind of catch a glimpse into what might've been going on in my mind and in Ryan's mind when he was doing a lot of the, the mixing, there's mixing notes as well. And like, you know, tracking notes from our various diaries. So Uh we just like scanned pages from the, from our diaries while we were working on it and reproduced those. Um, so that's basically what that is. Um, and yeah, it's It's all, you know, I'm, I'm packaging them up in, in cute little folios and yeah. Assembling them all by hand. So it's really limited. I'm only making 50 of them. Okay. Um, just because I am doing it all by hand. <laughs> okay. Oh, so, wow. Okay. So I'm yeah. looking at it right now. I actually, um, I actually just ordered one cause I want one and I know they're going to go fast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to bring it up cause I wanted to look at it while you were telling me about it. And then I was like, Oh, I want it. So I figured, Hey, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> I think, so I will, yeah, I think that's, um, I, I love that because one of the things that I lament so much about the modern, um, musical world as far as like on the consumer aspect of it for lack of a less gross word um, is the, the the missing artifact like I still like to buy cassettes mm-hmm. if people make cassettes um, and, and I have a I have a record player and a cassette player and, and it what I like about it is not only do I I connect I'm a child of the 90s so I, I really connect to the physical artifact of it I love reading the liner notes like that's just like it's part of the experience for me but it also it makes it so much more of an active listening thing having something yeah. like this because you know exactly. you have it in Bandcamp. okay it's on your Bandcamp app you might put it on a bluetooth speaker while you're tiddling around the house or you might put on some headphones for a walk but like I feel like with an artifact, you get the undivided attention and it's so hard to get people's undivided attention yeah. these days. So I, I just really like that. Um, yeah. I love physical yeah, artifacts. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That's where it, I'm, I'm very much the same way. Like I love snail mail. I love yeah. like just books, you know, like I, I haven't been able to get into digital books or anything like I that. Either. I like pen and paper. Mm-hmm. I'm a note, like I'm a notebook person. And so for me, you know, I wish I could make more of these and maybe I will at some point, who knows, but for me, the, the act of like, you know, printing them all out, like scanning the pages from my notebook, cutting them all out by hand, like putting, I, I'm hand stamping everything. Um, and you know, numbering them all. It's just That's so cool. A lot of, you know, I care, you know, it's just a lot of kind of attention to detail and it's really fun. It's, it's part of the creative process for me just as much as, the sound is, it's part of the composition, you know, kind yeah. of this world that I get to play with and create and then share with you. And I'm hoping that by getting to kind of open this package up and explore and rearrange the cards and kind of create your own flow through them, that you'll be able to listen many different times and have different experiences totally. with each repeat yes. listen, you know? Yeah. And you know what I, what's really exciting about like this approach it's, um, you know, I, I got a graphic graphic score of another album recently off Bandcamp, and it's, it's a, like this whole kind of changing or it's like, it's, it's already changed like this, how people consume music and stuff. It's just like, it's a new way to be creative about, 
you know, your releases. And what I like about one, one of the good aspects I think of this kind of like the way the world is, as far as entertainment goes, like this kind of DIY approach, it really gets, it gets you to be more than just a musician. Like Mm-hmm. you're a graphic artist. Like I've been doing a lot of stuff with video lately. Like, and now I feel like, I feel like the video and the music together is actually what I want to like, what, what the th- that's my the thing. thing is. That's the, what yeah. the thing is. I you love know? It. Yeah. I and, love that. And totally. I, I think that's so cool. And it's like, I just love seeing people finding new, interesting ways of taking advantage of like, I can do whatever I want. You like, can, <laughs> you can, yeah. you totally can. And that's such a liberating thing. It's mm-hmm. like an album does not have to be a CD. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to like follow the, the, the thing. Uh-huh. That, I mean, it can, and it's great. And CDs are great. I I'm with you. Like I love the CD. I love the liner notes, but you know, I have all of these dreams. Maybe I'll start doing this more, but I want to release music with like really bizarre artifacts. Like I want to make an album and release it inside of a radio and do all kinds oh, of like weird be, yeah, stuff like yeah. that. You know, I had this. That's idea. the that's the direction I want to go. <laughs> well, I want to show you one more thing on my bookshelf. Hold on, because I have this idea. Okay, okay it's not mm-hmm. on my bookshelf, but um, I have something similar. Here it is. So. I don't know. Have you ever heard of, what is it called? It's called like, it's some weird book. It's like a, like a super crazy religious, like the, the end is nigh book. Um, it's got this crazy cover and, and it gets sent out. Like, I think it's been like years and years and years that it gets sent out. But then I also got this, um, after COVID-19, what's next? Um, and it's by this couple who are like these crazy religious people who say that COVID-19 was sent by Satan and the end of the world's coming and stuff. And these people just pay money to make these booklets and then send them to random people's addresses. Everyone. And I thought it would be really cool to make a fake one of these that had like a download code on it and just send it to, to like a like targeted neighborhood. <laughs> just have people be like, what the, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> love that um it's great yeah i'm i love the idea of just mixing it up in terms of you know releasing music mm-hmm. um especially i think especially now with the way that things the way that the world is and the fact that we've all been online for a year um the physical connection of like a thing in your hand I think is even more meaningful Mm -hmm. I just remembered as you were searching for that that there was this book from my childhood that I think might have indirectly inspired this and I can't I don't know if anyone out there maybe knows what this is I would love for you to let me know but it's a book that has like I think it's about a post like a a male person who goes around like like a postal worker who goes around and like is delivering letters and there's like, you open up the book and there's like an envelope stuck to the page. And then you open the envelope up and you, there's a letter inside and you can like read a note from someone to someone. And it kind of tells a fragment of a story. And then you turn the page and there's another one. And you get all these strange, I don't that know. That sounds really cool. Do you, do you know I, what I'm talking about? It was like a children's I, I don't, book. I don't know of that, but that sounds, I think, I feel like we need to stop talking about this publicly because people are going to steal our ideas. We're just. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we just had a... <laughs> you guys, I call dibs on the fake, crazy, religious mailer, just so you know, listener. 
I call dibs. <laughs> okay, but if anyone knows what that book is, I would love to be reconnected with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh. Definitely reach out if you know what that. Somebody out there knows what it is. Um, well, we are we're well into this this conversation, and you prepared a little piece of music, and I don't want to take too much of your day. I did. So, do you want to get into that, or is there anything else that maybe we yeah. haven't covered about the? The EP, we kind of went all over the place today, um, but this is why I like having repeat people on so we can just like kind of wax poetic about stuff. It's great. No, we did. Um, No, I I don't, I think we can talk about that, the the track. Sorry to interrupt the conversation. I just wanted to take a moment out to once again, thank everybody who supports me on Patreon. It, uh, It means a whole lot to me and it helps to keep this show going in the current capacity that it's going in. And if you want to see PodMod reach new heights, then um, head on over to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast and, uh, you know, sign up. Like I said at the in the intro here, we're going to be uh, throwing up, you know, some new videos, um, you know, just a lot of exclusive content over the next year. It, it may not be that regular, but there will be a lot of it, I promise. Um, so, yeah, once again, patreon.com forward slash podular modcast. And if you are a curtain supporter or somebody who has supported in the past i just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart it really means a lot all right let's get back into this chat uh so what i what i brought um is kind of an extension so i i thought it would be interesting to share something that was kind of an extension of the creative process from this album and in large parts that's because i'm just still in it like i haven't fully recovered it's kind Mm -hmm. of like when you're so deep in something, you don't, you can't just shake it off and move on that quickly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> to an extent. Um, but I'd also taken like a couple weeks off from actually making the music because I was focusing on mixing and I was curious to see what would happen if I went back okay. and reapproached Strega now having had some distance from it. Um, so yeah, I mean, so what do you think the best approach is? Should I just kind of explain the process yeah it, yeah or? what like okay. kind of whatever you want like if you want to start from like a, a nuts and bolts kind of perspective or more of like a kind of an intellectual framework like really whatever you're okay yeah I mean I was really so as I mentioned earlier in this chat the way that the album was created was with like totally random improvisation and then chopping all that up kind of tape music style. So for this, what I was interested in doing was trying to set a patch up, <clears throat> excuse me, on Strega, also using my computer, and I'll explain that aspect in a second, that would lend itself more to real time, like through composed improvisation, where I could play something and like have it be the track, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as opposed to having to do the choppiness, choppiness. <laughs> That's the technical term. Um, so... Yeah, so that's basically what I did. The patch itself um, on Strega is is pretty simple. I was using an O control as well. Um, and I was kind of uh, basically running it, it the Strega into my computer. And then on my computer, I was running a Max patch, which does some glitch granular sampling. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been talking a lot about this max patch lately, so you've probably, you know, if anyone is curious about it, you can find videos about it on my Instagram and YouTube 
And then there's even more about it on my in my Patreon, mm-hmm. like a like the patch, for example, itself you can download. Oh, cool. Um, but basically, basically, it's a, a max patch that um, captures audio, and then when it goes over a certain like loudness threshold, it stops. It starts to record, and it stops recording, and it just glitches it over and over again. Oh, whoa! So it kind of creates this like playable granular sampler. Um, I used it a little bit on the album as well to process some of the sounds uh, after they had gone through Straka. Um, and yeah, so that's basically the performance setup. So there's like the, the Straga, pretty simple patch. I didn't do any, anything too elaborate in terms of self-patching. Um, the O-Control, um, which was being used to modulate the pitch or I guess the, what's it called? The tonic mm-hmm. on Strega and then also the filter amount. Um, and I played the piece by kind of starting and stopping the sequence. Um, so the first time that I, I actually set it up and I made a recording and I didn't end up using it cause it just was not working. Like I wasn't getting into it. I was using the sequencer too much. Okay. And it was just so like samey, samey, repetitive. It wasn't, it just wasn't, it didn't have any life or movement or like momentum to it. Um, so I ended up starting over again from scratch and turning the sequencer off and then only turning it on momentarily. So I would kind of turn it on, have it sequence through a couple things, maybe change the speed manually on the O control and then turn it back off again. And then let, and then I would, you would hear the like artifacts from the glitch sampler. Okay. That sounds And it made it so much more interesting to play. The other big aspect in this that I have not mentioned yet is that I also used my voice Uh um, a lot and I ran that into Strega as well. So uh, you'll hear a lot of vocals um, and a lot of Strega and a lot of glitching. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. And I kind of. Yeah, it kind of like turned into a a bit of a to me it sounds like a almost like a folk song. Mm-hmm. Some people out there are going to think I'm crazy for saying that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but that's how I perceive this piece, at least toward the second half. It's kind of like a like a melodic folk song. Okay. <laughs> like a duet okay. between the Strega and the voice. <laughs> You're like, sure, sure. No, I know. I'm really song. excited to check this out. You know, we were, you were talking about this before we, we started and you were like, I haven't named it yet. And something mm-hmm. that I realized, like I'm kind of trying this new thing this year, um, you know, having repeat guests come on with a pre-prepared thing um, to share with us, but that's kind of eliminating the chance for the audience to do the weekly patch challenge because there's a pretty active Discord. On the PodMod Discord channel, there's like a sub-channel for the weekly patch challenge. But because we don't have names or we're not generating random nouns and stuff, um, we've kind of left them high and dry. So what if we named it right now and said that it was the weekly patch challenge? I just put you on the spot. That didn't. means I have to come up with a name. I thought you were going to suggest what if we let everyone else name it. But. Oh, that could be. Ooh, what if we did? What if we did a thing <laughs> where on the Patch Challenge Discord page, people go on and they say like, "This is Sarah Bell. This is, this is, like they make a name that they what they name the track what they think they would name it or what, what uh-huh. they would want to name it, and then they would create their own patch based off of that name. 
Is that too convoluted? No. Okay, let's do that. So. Let's do that. Sounds oh. kind of cool. Yeah, that sounds way more interesting than putting you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Naming things is hard for me. Naming yeah. things is hard. Sometimes it's really easy. It's always like all or nothing for me. Yeah. I either know absolutely without a doubt what the name is or or like I'll get back to you next year. You're right, right. Name. Maybe, when, kind of. <laughs> when I made my um, my last full-length album, Music to Come Down To, I like I could because I intended it to be like a 33-minute track, but just for, I didn't, I think that's kind of annoying. I thought it would be annoying for people who like wanted to listen to it digitally if they had to like fast forward past the part they didn't like. So I ended up breaking up into tracks. Um, and I couldn't figure out what I wanted to name it, but I was reading a lot of Carl Jung at the time. So I just got like a Carl Jung dictionary and just, it was all like crazy psychological terms that he came up with. And that's great. Yeah. It was just easy. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, that's a great this sounds like that. <laughs> um, well, cool. Is there anything else you want to share with us about this patch? Um, well. Did you want to try to play like individual pieces as examples or? I could play a little bit so that maybe should I play a little bit so that you can or maybe you can play a little bit. <laughs> Why don't you play Sorry. a little and do like an like a like an annotated like dictation or something is that the right Because i'm one? thinking that maybe you'll have like maybe once you hear it you might be like well wait you should probably talk about that detail or something oh i but see so play it right now yeah yeah why don't you play it i don't know exactly how loud it's gonna be Like, can we pause for a second? Yes. <laughs> totally. So all, so all of those vocal tracks that are coming in and kind of being sliced up, are you, are you kind of continuously sing, like singing through what we're hearing and then those are popping up at certain times with that kind of volume threshold being sampled? Is that... The, I was I'm doing sure very gestural singing. Okay. So I was kind of going like... <laughs> Gosh, this is gonna be awkward. But I was kind of going like, <laughs> oh, ha, he, ooh, you know. Okay, okay. Like I was doing uh -huh. really pointed gestural things. Uh -huh. A little later on, I start singing continuously. I can play, I can play a little section of that, and it's really interesting. And so, so I was singing very gesturally, and the strega in the background you could hear kind of was like plink plonking around as well. Okay, they were being sampled in the max patch independently from one another. So oh, the strega okay. was running into okay. one channel, and my voice was running into a second channel. Okay. Okay. That um, makes sense. Yeah. So they wouldn't necessarily glitch at the same time. Uh -huh. um, yeah. But I was doing that thing where I, where I kind of turned the, the sequencer on and off and I was using it also um, to uh, modulate the, the, uh, I guess it's the activation control so basically the one that allows you to hear or not hear the uh oscillator in strega and so that's why it's nice and percussive because it's kind okay. of you know opening and closing that 
knob okay. with the O control. Okay. Okay. I'm going to um, listen for that now. Sorry to interrupt, but I was just curious. No problem. Yeah. yeah. And no, it's a lot all at once as usual. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, so I guess I'll play. Should I play a little bit more? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And if you hear anything that like you want to like, you know, ex- expand upon or talk about, just pause it and, and go for it. Okay. Well, actually, one thing that I can say is the pat, if anyone's particularly curious about the like percussive sounds that you're hearing from the Strega, the first patch from the video that I made about Strega is very similar to okay. this one. Okay. So you can go, it will be a lot easier than describing it just with audio. You can go and kind of watch. It's the one that's called Gestural Chaos. There's like a timestamp under the video too, so you can jump right there. Okay, you don't have cool. To watch the whole thing. Um, very similar. It's, you know, slightly different, slightly different knob settings and things, but the spirit is the same. And okay. it kind of gives that like warbly percussive sound mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that you're hearing. with it i like how it's kind of goofy and Mm -hmm. all over the place at the same time there's something kind of cartoony about it which is nice um i I guess i'll jump to like three minutes and something sorry go for it what were you gonna say oh i was just because i'm gonna i'm gonna take this and 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 remix it that's another reason i want people to bring their own like prepared patches to the show because i want to like load them into my sampler and see what I can do with them. And this actually kind of sounds like the end result of where I end up with a lot of the stuff that I like put in ambient <laughs> and then I kind of chop it up and make it kind of chaotic like this. So I'm kind of really looking forward to trying to work backwards in my approach. Like how can I turn this into like a, uh, like a sprawling ambient thing? I don't know if I'll be able to, but that's, that's kind of where yeah. my head's at right now. That's really interesting. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm super excited to hear what, how that turns out. Yeah, I don't, um, I'm kind of nervous too. I'm like, ah. Oh. <laughs> no, no, it's going to be great. Um, I guess the last, so just, we've talked a little bit about the kind of glitchy uh, textures that are at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, toward the end, so I'm at three minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, that's an arbitrary timestamp, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really useful information. No, that'll be um, good for me when I, cause I'm going to have to load pieces of this in and editing. So, Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh gosh. Okay. So yeah, three minutes and 30 seconds. Um, this is, I think around the time when I start to, so instead of singing really gesturally and turning on and off the sequencer. So like I'm playing it more like a momentary instrument. Mm-hmm. I, um, I let the sequencer 
um, kind of run, although I am randomly modulating the direction of the sequence and the timing of each stage. Okay. So it's running, but it's running irregularly. Okay. Um, and then I start to kind of sing these longer tones, not not so gestural. And so the the glitch sampling changes kind of the way that it, it starts to capture much longer fragments. Okay, okay. Because... Again, it's based on this like level threshold and I'm, I'm I'm over when I'm singing longer notes, I spend more time over that threshold so it it records longer chunks and then repeats them okay. as opposed to recording these little grains. Mm -hmm. So I can play a little bit of that. This is my folk song section. Okay, okay, I'm see excited. how you think yeah, about it. Yeah, I was going to say this is not a folk song so far. <laughs> Future folk already a thing? I don't I know. Because if it's not, I think you just invented it. I think it just <laughs> reminds me. Does it remind you at all of a folk song, or do you think I'm I, totally crazy? I, I hear. I wouldn't. I don't. I wouldn't have come to that conclusion. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but hearing you say that, I, I I think I see the doorway into that. Uh -huh. What you're talking about? Yes. I think it's just because I was thinking about this like really simple, pretty melody. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know. Um, and I'm not a singer either. I, I'm just, you know, using my voice in a very un, untrained kind of like just this is how it sounds kind of way. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, it just reminded me of kind of yeah, I, I, folk music. I, I get what you're saying with that. Um, <laughs> with some weirdness. Yeah, yeah. It's sprinkled in. It's, uh, it's, it's um, singularity folk music maybe. Intergalactic <laughs> folk music. <laughs> oh, that! Well, I I love this track. I'm like so excited to load this into my sampler. I might, yeah, I'm probably just gonna mess with it all weekend on my little cabin getaway. Um, yeah, is there anything else yeah. you wanted to talk about about like with this particular patch or play any other little part? I um, uh, no, I think. Well, I think the main thing that I, I'll just say is that. Um, just to remind people that if you're interested or curious to learn more about like what is going on in terms of the glitching aspect of things, um, feel free to, you know, you can send me a message or you can, there's a recent, a couple recent videos up that kind of explain how it works. Um, so you can learn about it because, you know, it, it seems kind of like a complicated thing, but it's actually functionally pretty straightforward. Okay. Um, so I just like to mention that so that if you are curious, you know, go for it. <laughs> you know, send me a message. I'll point you in the right direction and uh, 
like I said, the patch, not not the exact patch, but a version of it is downloadable f- from my Patreon as well. So if you are not super comfortable with Max MSP and you want to give it a try, you can just start with that and tweak okay. values and kind of play around with it yourself. That would be a really good way to like kind of dip your toe into Max because yeah, I've never messed exactly. with it. So, um, but after hearing what you do with it, I'm like, this sounds like a really fun tool. It's fun. And you can send any synth into it, obviously. You can send... It was designed originally for acoustic instruments, like okay. trumpet and voice. But then, obviously, you know, sending a synth in sounds great as well. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for creating a, a new original piece of art for our chat today and um, for your time and everything. And what would you like to scream from the modular mountaintops before we're done? <gasps> to scream from the modular mountaintops? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know I was going to get that opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a promotion of like just where you want people to check things out or just a personal declaration or a request. It's, it's really up to you. I think, I mean, I guess I'll remind people that my, you know, that the album's come is, a, is out, I guess. It will be exciting. out this Friday. Or will be out. But you can Sorry. pre-order we'll now. You can pre-order now. Yeah. Time is an illusion. Anyway, <laughs> a wibbly wobbly ball of magic. Um, but more importantly than that, I guess, like, I'll say the thing that's been on my mind a lot recently is just, um, just kind of pl- being, you know, letting yourself follow that, that like, nugget that inspirational tug i think that's a nice place to to wrap back up and like remind that we talked about that earlier Mm -hmm. you know if there's a thing that is really for some reason keeps coming into your mind or your heart that you want to try and you want to do um even if your logical brain or your procrastination brain or your fear brain is telling you not to just like just do the thing Mm -hmm. do it yeah 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 just do it because it's just so much more you've got nothing to lose the worst thing you could do is nothing, right? Yeah. And you're only going to grow and probably experience joy and make cool sounds if you explore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if you explore what you want to do. And so. I will say for anybody out there who has yet to commit anything to tape, so to speak, or release anything to the world, the first time's always the scariest. So once you're over that hump, you know, you, you'll see that it's not that big of a deal. Like anything in life, it's always worse in your head than it is an actual experience and um yeah go to the places that scare you that's it that's so good (laughs) and and frequently yeah yeah you know like rinse and repeat (laughs) yes yes (laughs) because you know you're gonna (laughs) rinse and repeat yeah just it's it's like the only way to do the thing that you want to do is to do the thing right so if you're like have this like i want to put music out but I'm not ready or whatever the thing is you're telling yourself like the only way you can possibly get past that is to just do it Mm -hmm. and um, and yeah and you'll be okay perfect totally be okay (laughs) perfect ending thank you again all right okay let's get into this uh, this untitled track that you all are gonna have to um, name yourself on the podmod discord under the patch challenge uh page and then you're also going to create your own patch based off of that name um (laughs) you understand what i mean let's listen to it (laughs) 
Thank <laughs> you.
Ooh, I love a good abrupt ending on a track. Um, how awesome was that track, by the way? How awesome was that conversation? Ah, I feel so good about having these really cool conversations. They, they inspire me, and hopefully they inspire all you out there listening. That's kind of the idea anyways. Um, thank you to all the sponsors, Patchwork Seattle, Needham Woodworks, After Later Audio. Um, I'd also like to thank everybody who supports me on Patreon. And uh, what else? I think that's about it. Get on that Discord server. Um, you know what? I said I was going to mess with this patch over the weekend, but I couldn't resist loading it into my synth, and I recorded uh, I recorded a cool like reworking of it last night. So I'm going to leave you with that. Let's end the show on that. Thanks again. Until next week. Thank you.